Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to part three of our This is the Way series. It's been a really fun journey as we've taken each week to kind of look at some similarities between the Mandalorian and the early church. And I know that sounds really crazy, but it's actually been a lot of fun to find these similarities between what they maybe what they believe or maybe it was a phrase or something that defined their lives and seeing how the early church in this just creative story out of the Star Wars universe has some similarities. And I think it's it's been a lot of fun for us. But I want to be honest with you. Today, I'm having like to suppress some energy because I am I am so excited about sharing this with you. I believe that is one of the most important conversations that you and I can have. It's one of the most important conversations that I as a pastor can have with you. And so I'm really, really excited about this. I'm I'm leading into this and I'm having to like catch my breath to make sure I don't I don't just go too crazy because I'm I believe that this could be one of the most significant messages for you if you grab a hold of it and you lean into it not because of anything that I'm saying but because of the message and the truth that we're going to find in God's word. So today we're going to be talking about the way of significance. So let's jump in. In the Mandalorian, our little bobblehead guy here, in the story, around the end of season one, Baby Yoda starts to show this ability to use the Force. And if you don't know what the Force is, it's okay. I still love you. But I mean, Star Wars has been out since like 1970. You gotta know what the Force is. Like, it's come on now. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But seriously. The Force is basically the energy that's in every living being, and these Jedis are able to harness the Force and use it to do crazy things, like lift heavy objects and move things from over here, just a bunch of different crazy sci-fi stuff. But this moment for Mando, where he sees Baby Yoda use the Force to stop this like giant rhinoceros-looking animal that's coming to kill them, he realized there is something more to this child than he could ever imagine. And it completely changed the trajectory of the story. He realized that this baby was far more significant than he ever gave it credit for. But isn't that the truth about significance? Those significant moments in our lives, no one has to like make a bigger deal about them. Everyone feels it. No one needs to highlight it. No one needs to say anything. It's just immediately in that moment, everyone recognizes, whoa, this is a big deal. This is a big moment. Maybe it's at work with a really high-end client that comes in and, and they put a proposal on the table and everybody's like, whoa, that's a game changer. Like, Okay, okay, let's let's look into this. Let's lean into this. Or maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse and, and you guys have been in this weird spot and all of a sudden they just open their soul. They just open their heart about what's going on deep inside and they just share something that's been going on and you go, oh, I had no 
no idea. It's a significant moment. Maybe for some of you, it's in a relationship where you're dating somebody and it's going really well. And there's, there's a moment that happens where you think, oh my goodness, this, this person may be the one right? Like that moment of significance, it changes everything. And if we're honest, we live for those moments, right? Don't we? We live for those moments of significance, those moments of impact, those moments that take our breath away. We're always kind of trying to find it. We're always looking for it in, in every area of our life and in the way that we pursue love and the way we pursue purpose, the way that we try to find affirmation. We're always looking for those significant moments in our lives. And this actually starts at a really young age. And we're recognizing that as parents because for Lauren and I, we're in the phase of parenthood that we would call the look at me phase. The look at me, look at me, look at me. We hear that phrase at least a million times. And that is not an exaggeration. At least a million times per day, sometimes per hour. It's like, how can you even say a million words per hour? But it's somehow our children figure out how to do it. And you know that if you're a parent, you've experienced this, if you've just been around kids at any point, that moment where it's constantly, hey, look at me, look at me, watch this, watch this. Hey, look, you're not looking at me, right? And at some point it's cute and then you hit a, a point in the day or in the hour where you go, wow, I can't look at you anymore. I've, I've literally been looking at you for an hour. I have to look at something else in my life. And then that's normally where Lauren comes in and she's like, she tried to put, put the mom guilt on me. Baby, they're only small for so long. So. There's 14 hours into the day. My eyes cannot only see you, my dear, beautiful child. I love you with my heart, but my eyeballs are tired of looking at the same thing over and over again, right? That look at me phase, that need for affirmation, that need to know that they have your attention. And the reality is we never really grow out of that. We think we do, but we just express it in a different way. You see, we're, we're always longing for affirmation. We're always longing to have significance. And at the end of the day, we all feel like we're made for more. And we just wish someone can see it. We just wish we could have that feeling of significance. We wish we could find the way to have a more significant, fulfilling life. And the reality is that this is nothing new. We actually see this at the very beginning of our history as a human race. The believers, we, we know the very first humans as Adam and Eve. We find them in the book of Genesis, the very, very beginning of the Bible, where God creates them. And they're, they're created into paradise, into the paradise of Garden of Eden. And it's, it's perfect. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no evil. There's no hatred. There's no bad things. It's just, it's amazing paradise. Relationship with God and relationship with each other. And they had a job to name animals. And they're just frolicking in the fields. And my favorite part about paradise is they were naked. No clothes. Not a stitch of clothes anywhere to be found. It's, it's awesome, right? But it somehow wasn't enough even for the very first humans 
it wasn't enough. And we see that in Genesis because Eve allowed the serpent to come along her and, and just whisper in the ear enough to go, hey, I know God's given you a lot, but there's actually more. And he's actually keeping something from you. There's more that you could have. There's something even more significant than perfection, right? And somehow he convinces her. And Adam and Eve together, they break the one rule that God gave them. And because of that, it brought in sin into the world. It brought in shame. It brought in brokenness. It broke that relationship with God. And it caused the need for a savior. There's so much that we lost in that moment because it wasn't enough. Eve still needed more significance. And there's so many losses that we experience because of the fall of Adam and Eve, the, the bringing in of sin in our lives. And the first one that we see is, is that we're born with this loss of identity. Before, we were connected with God from the very beginning and we knew and we understood who we were, but now we're born with this loss of identity and we, we go through our lives until we find Jesus asking the question, who am I made to be? Who am I made to be? Okay, just, just a moment of honesty right now. Like, you, you don't have to raise your hand while you're watching, but just give me a head nod. Just give me a little head nod to let me know how many of you actually still deal with this? That you're still struggling with your identity? That you're still figuring out who you are? You're asking the question, who am I made to be, right? So many of us are dealing with this. But the, the problem is that we're searching for who we are and we're trying to establish our identity, but in the wrong places. We're trying to find our identity in our job. We're trying to find our identity in our finances. We're trying to find our identity in the way that we live our lives. We, we try to find our identity in our relationships where we ask people who are struggling with this same thing to give us enough affirmation that we can know who I am made to be. But we're asking someone who's dealing with the same exact hole in their life to try to fulfill it. And us, we, we've lost our identity. We're born into this world of brokenness, seeking out who am I made to be. Another loss, the second loss I believe that we have is, is a loss of purpose and mission. We're asking the question, what am I made to do? And this is something for so many of us that is so challenging because we're constantly looking for purpose in our life. We're constantly looking for something that's that fulfills that gaping hole in our life for, for significance, for purpose, for validation. And when we don't have it, we struggle with contentment and we struggle with being passionate about things and we struggle with direction in our lives, right? We just, we just struggle knowing what am I supposed to be doing? Why on earth am I here? The third one is this, it's a loss of place and position. We ask the question, where do I belong? How many of you have ever felt that way? You're asking yourself that question, where do I belong in this world? Is there a place where I can just feel like I can be me? Is there a place where, where 
I don't have to like struggle to fit in. And, and, and maybe for some of you, you feel like you don't belong in your family, like you're the black sheep that you're, you're on the outside looking in, or maybe it's in your job and, and maybe you're the one believer that's there and you're just struggling to find your place because you just live your life completely different than everybody else. And you have different morals and different things and you just, you struggle to feel like you belong somewhere. It's kind of like that feeling, like have you ever gone to like a work conference or, or gone to an event where there's 50, 100, 1,000 people there and you don't know anyone? And you walk in and you feel like you're right back in like elementary school, like, will somebody talk to me, please? Right? You have that feeling of, can I just find one person that will help bring some comfort? Like just one person that I can connect with. One person in this room of a thousand people that will make me feel like I have some semblance, some sliver of belonging somewhere. Now flip that and think about the feeling that you have when you go to your best friend's house. When you're hanging out with your BFF and you, you walk through the door, you don't even worry about whether they're ready for you to be there. You just walk in the door, you head to the refrigerator, you jump into the pantry, and you're like, hey, you gonna finish this? And you eat their snacks, and you eat, it's just, there's a completely different level of comfort, right? You know that you have a place to belong, a place where you can rest your bones, where you can just be yourself. There's so much power in that. We all long for that. We long for a place to belong. The problem is, look at this truth, the problem is not our longing for significance, but where we search for it. It's not the fact that we're longing for these things. It's not the fact that we've lost this without our relationship with Jesus. It's just where we search for it. Because you see, the enemy of your soul uses that longing against you. The enemy of your soul, instead of, instead of it driving you towards God, the one who created you, the one who knows who you're made to be, the one who knows what you're supposed to do, the one who knows where you belong, instead of it driving towards us, what the enemy of our soul does is he uses that longing and he, he pushes us towards finding success. And he pushes us towards finding control. He pushes us to find validation and affirmation in all of these sources that are incapable of fulfilling that hole that we have in our lives. And because the enemy knows from the very first group of humans, there's this longing for significance, this longing for more, this longing for purpose, because he knows that is wired deep within us. What he wants us to do is feel like you can find fulfillment in that anywhere except God. You do not want to try to find that with God. And so he distracts us with everything else to keep us away from the one true answer that is our relationship with Jesus. And we try to find this over and over again. And in the end, God is calling us back to him. But more than that, God has actually created you with a calling. And the calling, for those of you who have been in church before, you're, you're familiar with calling, but we're going to dig in a little bit deeper to that. For those of you who are new to church and you're new to the faith, or maybe you're just trying to figure this out, calling is just a churchy word that means spiritual purpose. That every single purpose, person is born 
with a calling. There's a calling on your life. There's something that is special and unique to you. And I believe that there are two different callings that, that we see. But before we get to that, the Apostle Paul actually talks about these callings a lot in the book of Ephesians. And one of my favorite passages is found in, in Ephesians 4. Look at this with me. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. Therefore I, this is Paul speaking, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. We see it there. For you have been called by God. Verse 2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Verse 4, this is the key. This is super, super key. Verse 4, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. We're going to unpack that in a second, but that's really important. One glorious hope. For the future. Verse 5, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and in all and living through all. Here's the other key verse, verse 7. However, 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 while that is true, while there's this one glorious call, however, he has given each one of us a special gift or a special calling through the generosity of Christ. And like I said, I believe there's two callings, two spiritual purposes, two driving factors in our lives. And the first one is this. It's the corporate calling. It's the calling for every believer. It's the calling for every single one of us that puts our faith in Jesus. He says it in verse 4, For there's one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So what is that hope for the future? Jesus gives it to us in the famous passage of Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. Jesus came to his disciples right before he's about to ascend into heaven. And he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There is one body, one spirit that's been called to one glorious hope. What is the glorious hope? It's the glorious hope that is found in Jesus. And how do people find that? They find that by going and making disciples of all people. Go and make disciples. Look at this truth. I need you to get this. I need this to sink into your spirit. Every single believer has called to be a disciple that makes more disciples. Every single believer has been called to that. There's nothing vague about it. There's nothing, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Jesus says, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. This is known as the great commission, the great mission, the great overarching purpose, the overarching, the corporate calling for every believer. Go and make disciples. This wasn't just for the 11 disciples that were left. This was for every single believer to wrap their hearts, wrap their heads, wrap their purpose around Jesus said, I have called you to go and make disciples. 
That is what will change the world. And I, I teased this for you guys last week when I told you that you have no idea who needs to see your light. You have no idea who is looking at you from the outside in, needing your lighthouse to help them on this journey. Jesus understood this. Jesus made it abundantly clear. Look at this truth. You are called and created to be a disciple maker for Jesus. That is your corporate calling. That is not special and unique to just one person. That is for every single one of us who calls ourselves a follower of Jesus. You are called to be a disciple maker. Listen, every single believer can wake up in the morning and say, I don't have all the answers. I may still be struggling. I may still be walking through some confusion and I may not be super fulfilled in my job and, and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on in the world. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's one thing that I can do that connects me to my calling and to my purpose. And that is connecting people to Jesus. You don't need to be some perfect Christian. You don't need to be this unique and special unicorn of a person in order to connect people to Jesus. That is your calling. That is over all of it. It's this corporate calling that we're invited to. But I have to be real with you guys. Some of this is on us. Some of this is on us as church leaders. Some of this is on us as, as the church as a whole. Some of this is just on me, Danny, me as your, your pastor. It's on me because somewhere along the way, we were confused and, and started to make it seem like the best way for your friends and your family to be able to find Jesus is for them to come and connect with us and connect with what we're doing. And somewhere along the way, we, we slipped into this belief system that the best people to connect others to Jesus are those who work on a church staff and those who call themselves pastors. And somewhere along the line, we have taken away your ability to lead. And so what we've done is we build bigger programs and bigger systems and bigger churches where we go, the best way for your friends to meet Jesus is for you to just come and volunteer with us. And when they come to volunteer and watch, we'll do the job of presenting the gospel to them and then everyone's all happy. Guys, we that is so far from what God has called us to do. And I wanna apologize from us. I wanna apologize to you from the church as a whole. That is not the world. That is not the mission that Jesus created. That is not what Jesus intended when he said, go and make disciples. He didn't say, go, you that are specially and unique unicorns of Christianity, you go and make disciples. No. What happens is when we believe this it's, this, it's this truth. We create a culture that believes only special people can be disciple makers. And that is not the truth. When we believe that, when we live that way, when we create that culture, what we do is we, are, we rob you of the authority, of the power, of the influence that God has uniquely placed on your life. And I want to just apologize to you and tell you from this moment on in the history of City Hills Church, that will not be the case anymore. 
That will not be the mission that we try to live out. That will not be the culture that we will create where it just says, hey, come and help us do what we're trying to do. And somewhere along the way, your friends will find Jesus. No, you were called and created to help make disciples, to connect people with Jesus. We have a responsibility to help and equip you to live out the mission that God has put inside of you and what he's put inside of me. It is not about us doing the work and you just getting to be a part of it. No, you, you were called to be a disciple maker. Look at this challenge. You were created with a mission and our job is to equip and help you complete it. That's what, the, that's what the purpose of the church is supposed to be. That is a place where you can be equipped to live out the calling that God has placed on your life. But there's a second part of that calling that is, is one of my favorite. And the second one is the personal calling. The personal calling that is unique to just you. Paul talks about it in Ephesians 2.10. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. For you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us all along, that he planned for us long ago. Look at this truth. You are a unique masterpiece with a unique mission. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You, you have a unique gift. God, is, God has a purpose and a calling that is special to just you. And somewhere along the line, we start to believe the lie that our mistakes, that our personalities, that our shortcomings, that our flaws, that, our, that, that something within us keeps us away from the calling that God has for us. But it's so far from the truth because your unique story and your unique experiences and your unique perspective is what is going to change certain people's lives. You will be able to reach people that I will never be able to have a conversation with. Your story will touch their heart in ways that my preaching will never. You will be able to change the lives of people because of the things that you've walked through, through the things that you've experienced, through the unique gifts that God has given you, and through the unique influence that has been placed in your life. Your story has more power than you ever imagined. The truth is, if you want to find the way of significance, you have to lean into your callings. If you want to find that significance that you've been missing, lean into these callings. Lean into the fact that you've been called to connect people with Jesus. Lean into the fact that you are uniquely gifted. You are God's masterpiece. If you know anything about art, what's so fascinating about art is that it, it, it is unique to the painter. It's unique to that piece. And God took this blank canvas when he created you in your mother's womb and he painted this masterpiece of a life, this masterpiece of, of gift mixes and personality and experiences and life perspective and, and certain influences and certain relationships and certain things that you've gone through. And it's this beautiful ball of a masterpiece that God 
wants to use to accomplish his mission in the world. Somewhere along the line, we believe that the only people that can help people find Jesus is people like me. And that's so far from the truth. I have been called as your pastor to come alongside you and help equip you and help be a resource for you to live out your corporate and your personal calling. It's not about you just bringing people to come and see me. It's not about that. It is about you living out your calling and your purpose. You wanna find significance? You wanna find the answers to why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Why am I so discontent, Danny? Why am I struggling to feel fulfilled? Why can't I get passionate about my job? Why am I struggling in my family and my marriage? Why am I so unfulfilled? You want to find the answers to that? You want to find those significant moments? Lean into your callings. Lean into the fact that you were created to connect people with Jesus. There is nothing that will fulfill your life like when you can have a conversation with someone and connect them with Jesus. When you lean in and discover who you are in Christ, when you lean in and discover who God has created you to be, when you stop looking at yourself as this broken and flawed individual, but look at yourself as a unique masterpiece with a unique mission, that will change the way that you live your life. That will change the way you find significance. So quickly, how do we do that? What are just some simple steps? We want to give you practical, simple steps. And it's these, these three things, super quickly. The first one is this. Pray listening prayers. Pray listening prayers. I was talking with a guy uh, this past week that's going through a really challenging time. And I, I told him, I said, hey, listen, you pray and you, you kind of like, when you finally take these moments to lay it all out on the line for God, and with him, a lot of times what happens is we pray and we drop it on God and then we just peace out. We're like, okay, whew, I got that off my chest. But we never take time to listen. God will speak to you guys. I know that sounds crazy, but God wants to speak to you. He wants to whisper into your spirit. He wants to lead you to a scripture. God wants to respond to you. But we have to pray listening prayers. So what are some of the prayers that we pray? We pray this prayer. Hey God, where are you at work right now? What are you doing? And how can I be a part of it? God, in, in my life, in my family, in my workplace, I want to be a part of what you're doing. How can I join you? And then... Listen, listen, he will speak to you. He will connect with you in a way that is so powerful. Second thing, become a disciple. Listen, you have to take responsibility for knowing Jesus. You can watch messages, you can, 
hear me communicate to you. You can do all of these things. But at the end of the day, your relationship with Jesus is personal. Dig into who he is. This, this isn't about memorizing scripture, even though that's helpful. This isn't about your theology, even though that, that can be beneficial in time. This is about you getting to know him. Read the gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See who Jesus was. See how he lived his life. See how he communicated with people who were different than him. See how he loved those who were broken. Get to know Jesus and then try to live your life in that way. Dig into that. Dig into your personal calling. Figure out who you are. And that sounds like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, if that was easy, Danny, I would have done that. No, but just think about it. Write it down. What are some of your strengths? What are some of your weaknesses? What are some of the, the elements of your story that's unique to you? Your, your childhood, your how your parents and their marriage was. Well, my parents got divorced. Okay, well, that's that's something that's unique to you that you're able to connect with other people on. Well, my parents have been together for 50 years. Okay, for me, it's, it, you know, there's, there's so many elements of, of my story, where I was from, what I struggled with, what I went through. What, write those things down. Get to understand yourself and then bring that before the Lord and go, okay, God, this is what I see. Help me see what I can't see. Help me find the connection points where I can connect with who you've created me uniquely to be. Lean into your personal calling and then establish some spiritual disciplines. Establish that time where you, you carve out, just start somewhere one day a week where you you write down these things where you pray these prayers god it's monday help me to see what it is that you're doing this week help me to, to be a part of that and i'm going to give you five minutes i'm going to give you 10 minutes where i'm just going to sit quietly and allow you to speak to me establish some spiritual disciplines in your life and the last one is tell your story you cannot underestimate more the power of your story. Your story is the key that unlocks spiritual impact and influence in people's lives. So many people think it's about their knowledge of the Bible. It's your story. It's the way that God has moved in your story, in your life. The church back in the day would call it your testimony, right? It's your story of how God has changed your life. It's not about perfection. It's not about having all the answers. I think so many times what holds you back from telling your stories is you're worried about the haters. You're worried about that person that's gonna go, well, yeah, what about this? But you know what? God never called us to be know-it-alls. There's nothing wrong with you going, you know what? I don't really have a good answer to that, but I'll look at it and I'll, I'll find out some more information and I'll, I'll look at that some more and I'd love to keep talking to you about this. But while I don't have an answer to that, what I do know is I know how God showed up for me when, like, I know when God showed up for me when I lost.
lost my job. I know I felt God's presence. I heard God's voice when I made that move to another city. I know I heard God's voice when I lost that family member. I know I felt God near to me when my wife and I and the marriage was on the rocks. I know what God did in my life. Your story unlocks that spiritual influence you've been looking for. Guys, I'll leave you with this challenge. In order to find the way of significance, you have to begin to lean into your callings. This is, this is the initial conversation. You're gonna be so tired of hearing me talk about this for the rest of our lives together. I need you to understand that your significance, your purpose, your validation, it's all found in this. It's all found in you leaning into who and what you were created for. Guys, my prayer for you is that you would stop doing what I did for so long and, and still do at certain moments in my life where I try to find some source to fulfill this insecurity, this fear, this brokenness, this instead of leaning into what I know is true, that it's all found in my relationship with my Savior. That's your challenge today. Lean into your callings. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I want to start by just asking your forgiveness. God, forgive me as someone who's been in ministry now for over 15 years. Forgive me for not recognizing the way that I have kept people from this amazing calling you've placed on their lives because I've accidentally led them to a place where they feel like only the church can do this. God, forgive me. Forgive us for missing out on the fact that you have called every one of us to be pastors, to be leaders, to be influencers in the circles that you have placed us in. And God, I pray from this moment forward that City Hills would be a place where people can come and they can be equipped and they can be sent to do the mission you have created them to do. That it would not be about fulfilling some mission that we created as a church, some program that we've created as a church. That everything that we do would be pushing out your masterpieces to be missionaries in their workplaces, in their families, in their homes, in their cities in their neighborhoods God that you would just rise up this passion within us to be the disciples you have called us to be that you would rise up within us a passion to be disciple makers that we would be passionate about connecting people to you not in weird ways but in just living our lives and opening our lives to people and sharing our story and praying those listening prayers and learning more about you God that we would lean into the unique callings you have given us. And God, I pray right now for every person who hears this, that you would let them realize that you have uniquely created them for a purpose. God, you have uniquely created them. You have placed them right where they are for a reason. Nothing is by accident, God. You will use us 
in every place that we are. God, open our eyes to see the unique callings and giftings and story we have to tell that will connect people with you. Jesus, stir this up within us in your name, that we will take this great commission seriously, that we would go out and we would make disciples, that we would connect people to you and we will watch our world change right before us as we live out and lean into the callings you've placed on our lives. Let us find our significance, our, our unique purpose within you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.